0: Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast, episode two. We are here and rolling uh, to hang with you guys. We, uh, <laughs> Mike is dancing over here. That's why I, I, I'm feeling the groove, too. We got a good intro, song. that's like half the battle.
1: I like this groove, yeah. Harrison, that you picked.
0: You got to have a good intro song. Whenever we're on stage on Sundays and we're getting ready, the band's getting ready to start the service, and there's like a real good song, jamming right before we start Mm -hmm, i'm just mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna be cranking right now
1: Mm. and you get to dance in front of everybody but you have a guitar in front of you does that make it feel like oh probably nobody can see me so i can just be myself
0: i would hardly classify it as dancing (laughs) (laughs) it's more uh there's a foot stomp it'd be it'd be more like hootenanny (laughs) style there's really just a stomp going on and a little bit of jumping um is my only dance style (laughs) little
1: little known fact because I know that's how you like to start the podcast. Uh, welcome to week two, by the way. Uh, little known fact, I was worship leader of our Saturday night service in Memphis, where I was assistant pastor, with the guitar in front of me. I can only do the like major chords, like youth, think youth group guitar. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Yep. <clears throat> so the band would play, and I would only play once in a while, but I was so hyped and grooved like it was worship dance for me yeah. when I led, which is one reason why that's not my job. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah.
0: I think one reason that uh, Mike, that you and I have gotten along so well as we partner together at Lake Forest is that we're both, we're both very musically driven people. If you walk through our church offices on that's any, su- on any Sunday morning where Mike is getting ready to preach, you will hear that, that electronic dance music just pumping out of his office as He's getting ready to preach. So it's, I, we're music-wired people. We um, are.
1: By the way, I'm Mike Moses, lead and founding pastor of Lake Forest Church. This is the Ask LFC po- podcast, and you are?
0: Harrison Gilming. I uh, worship arts director here at Lake Forest. So, um, well, let's let's get right to it then, because we have some questions, and uh, we are thankful um, to you guys as our LFC tribe of taking us up on our offer and um, jumping into this conversation with us. So we actually do have some questions from our people, uh, related to, uh, fasting and, uh, a little bit, a couple of follow-ups to Mike, what you taught this weekend as we kicked off our new series on Lent. So, uh, our first question we had, uh, sent in to us, uh, at our email address, Mm -hmm. asklfc at lakeforest.org. This was from Don. He had a question about your teaching that, um, he sent in during the service while he was sitting there listening, which... Mike Hall said, hey, email us if you got a question. He did it. Thank you, Don. Uh, When Mike went to the monastery in Rock Hill and fasted for three days, what did he fast from? Was it food? If so, did he just drink water for three days?
1: Yeah, I ended my tea. So the primary uh, or most commonly known spiritual discipline or practice of the season of Lent approaching Easter. We just want to be prepared, people. Because we worship and follow Jesus, like we orient our whole lives around the Easter event, and therefore, we as a church approach Easter like the worldwide church. Like we want to be ready for Easter. Uh, fasting is the most commonly known and practiced spiritual practice of Lent. And Sunday we saw where that was a part of Jesus' life. That's why we fast. And, and uh, in Matthew four, that's what we looked at. And I ended the teaching by telling an example in my own life. I said I can't tell you exactly why fasting does what it does, sort of, I defined it as this extra life power of your human spirit and God's Holy Spirit. Something about fasting makes that connection more powerful. That's all, I I can't even define it better than that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you another example in this podcast um, from a friend of mine. But uh, I told the story of fasting for three days while I was deciding where to plant Lake Forest Church. Didn't know where that would be. And the result of it was we chose Lake Norman, and God really spoke to me, and that was in the sermon. But what did I, Don, um, I fasted from all food, from everything except water for those three days. Hmm. And for me as an American guy who loves to snack, man, I'm a snacking fiend, uh, and I love to eat. I love cheeseburgers. It's Just look at me. Um, uh after one day, it was, the first day was okay, but days two and day three in particular, I was aware every single moment, my body is screaming food, fuel, Mm -hmm. calories, and every moment, at my best, uh, and I have all this in my journal, I journaled through the whole three days, at my best, I would quote Jesus from our passage on Sunday, Um, Man does not live. Mike, Moses does not live. Lake Forest Church, this future church, does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God, I am leaning into your written word, which tells us to fast at special times, and I'm I'm listening for your dynamic word, your will for my life of where to plant this church, and I'm just trusting that you'll speak. And in that case, he did speak, and I, I heard it, it wasn't verbal. I can't even explain that. I I can't explain <laughs> how I heard and how I knew that it was the clear voice of God, but it was. And and clearly this was his will to plant Lake Forest Church in the yeah. Lake Norman area. I love what God has done, what I get to be a part of all the time. It's
0: Yeah, I mean you fast forward twenty something years later and we're now a family of four uh, churches. Oh yeah, that's right. That too. That's so cool. here and in Westlake and in Davidson and El Buen Samaritano. And it's just, it is really neat to see how, uh, God has taken you and our community and Mm -hmm, our tribe up mm -hmm. on that and how he's, uh, just worked. It makes me so happy.
1: So the focus of today's podcast, I'd like to really hone in on this aspect of fasting because it's what Jesus did. And Jesus taught a few times in the gospels he would say when you fast dot 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 do it this way and and yet it's it's not very commonly practiced uh among christians i frankly i'm guilty of not having taught it very often to our tribe and so i think it's worth focusing on someone uh, another question that someone emailed in was what do you mean mike by extra life power and I, i wrote that sentence and put it up on screen in my teaching a little bit frivolously like i just wrote it out I'm like I'll probably come back and be more specific, and I came back Saturday night and was like I can't be more specific than that. I don't understand. There are a lot of things I don't understand, Um, and yet if God says it, I trust it and do it. Yeah, that's how God's word works, and this is one of those I can't like like. Hey, uh, you should always you shouldn't kill people. That's God's will. It's one of the Ten Commandments. I can explain to you like we can all give a rational (laughs) explanation of. Why did God say that? Why is that God's will? And it makes sense to us ethically whether you believe in God or not. I cannot give you that same explanation about fasting. Mm. I just say that God says it, Jesus did it, and when I follow Jesus into it, I find extra life power. Uh, And so that's all I can say. I'd like to give you an example. So I invited a friend who is also on staff, Maria Furlow. Maria is our mission team leader. She's on staff. She's uh, super cool. Maria has written two books now. Mm-hmm. Man, you're so you're two ahead of me. Yeah. I'm behind. I'm falling behind. I'm feeling small right now. Uh, she's a gifted speaker uh, and has led a lot in our women's ministry and uh, been super involved in ministry uh, with our favorite neighborhood in Huntersville, Huntington Green. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Maria, I just love partnering in ministry with you, and you have a fasting story yeah. very recently, yep. don't you? Mm-hmm. How would first of all, before you tell the story, how would you explain? My phrase was "extra life power." Yeah, between the human spirit and God's spirit, when we fast, mm-hmm. could maybe you can describe mm-hmm. what that what I meant by that better than I can? Yeah, what? How would you describe that?
2: Well, I really appreciate Mike that you um, are just focusing on this. In Lent, and fasting has been a part of, you know, you talked about how fasting really started, like, for us in a way. Well, fasting brought Dave and I, our family, down here to North Carolina. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, through the years, fasting has been a large part of our life. And and actually, you know, we're going to talk in a second about how... You know, as a missions team collectively, we fasted.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for the tribe of Lake Forest to hear how a group of leaders at Lake Forest mm-hmm. fasted over something specific yep. that then God did in the whole church.
2: Yes. So as as I as I was introducing the concept of fasting to the team and to people at Lake Forest that maybe are encountering it for the first time, mm-hmm. the first question is always, Well, like no food? Like <laughs> Right. Can I drink stuff like what's the what's the guideline here? And so as I guide them through that, I say, you know, yeah, challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. For for those 24 hours, Mm -hmm. no food, just water. And so I guide them a little bit logistically about that, which leans into your life power question. So what's actually going to happen? And there's something about, first of all, when we eliminate food from our day, the time that's freed up.
1: Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You
2: don't realize how much time you spend on food preparation, food planning, eating until you're not. True. And so practically, you get a lot of prayer time. Right? Uh, the second thing is...
1: Right. It, if, if the point is... When you're aware, this is when I would be eating or I'm thinking about eating. Right. To then you focus your desire, because eating is a desire. It's a mm-hmm. good desire. Yeah. It's That's something we should for. want. God made us to want it. Mm-hmm. And when we focus, however, on the higher or highest desire, but God, I want you. Yeah. And sometimes fasting is just just for a period of spiritual attunement. It's mm-hmm. not looking for something from right. God. It's not a decision. It's not, I have a child who's wayward and I'm I'm just mourning over their condition and asking for you to intervene that's a reason for f- f- people fast mm-hmm. um, but sometimes its just Lord I want oh, I want to know you I want to be focused on you
2: yeah and it's a it's a helpful r- freeze up the time yes right? and also what you were talking about that physicality of it, I feel like, you know, God is so intentional to create these things in us and so when when those hunger pains or those discomforts mm-hmm. come, it's almost like a physical reminder mm-hmm. of the thing that we're praying for.
1: Absolutely. Right?
2: And so it's like a little shoulder tap from from God.
1: And maybe that that's a helpful way to say it, Maria. It it's it's maybe like the most elemental way to remind myself I have a focus point to my prayer today, mm-hmm. yes, and I'm praying it this moment when I feel the hunger.
2: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I talked about before you enter into the time of prayer, maybe making a list of the things that you okay. want to, you know, because oftentimes there might be one particular large thing, yeah. but I think it's an excellent time to assess, you know, work, family life, and just come up with a list for all of those times you can work through so those. So tell prayer.
1: us, now tell us specifically, you recently mm-hmm. in December led our missions team here yeah. at the church mm-hmm. through a period of fasting for yeah. a specific reason. Mm-hmm. Tell us why, Yeah. how you did it.
2: Yeah, so as a missions team here at Lake Forest, we felt very passionate and burdened for the the kids that we have in Kalimpong. In India, right, the orphanage through Asia Hope. If we
1: have one overwhelming missions heart at Lake Forest Church Huntersville, it's for vulnerable children around the world, and we express that specific ways in South and Central America, rescuing street children, and we invest heavily with a mission partner there, Children's Impact Network, Mm -hmm. in a uh, some orphanages. We've both been, et cetera. We do that in the Bahamas in a different way, and in northern India on what is one of the major sex trafficking routes in South Asia, we were a part of rescuing and refamilying um, orphaned at-risk children. But that mission partnership had fallen in, uh, we had neglected it, I mm-hmm. could say, and and it was in danger of yeah. us not funding properly mm-hmm. these children we had taken responsibility for. So right. that's the burden that you took
2: yes, on. Yes, that burden. And so we were faced with something that we... It, we couldn't fix, mm-hmm. right? It was a impassable mountain for mm-hmm. us, right? And so, we took the steps that we could take, which was plan an adoption Sunday for these kids in Kalimpong, and then
1: and that was the first Sunday in December or second second Sunday okay. in December,
2: and so at in, in order to. Intercede to storm heaven's gates for mm-hmm. these children. As a missions team, we made the decision to fast from twelve o'clock on Saturday to twelve o'clock on Sunday, with the purpose of praying for God to provide funding wow. for these kids.
1: I was invited into that fast, Maria. I didn't respond because I chose not to, knowing that I was the preaching pastor that mm-hmm. Sunday, and I wanted to be physically—I have to yeah. be physically prepared to preach mm-hmm. as well as. A other ways mm-hmm. but I was aware that you all were doing it. Yeah. Uh, was it specifically fasting from everything but water?
2: Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So, did you have a prayer prompt or a specific thing that you're asking everyone to pray for?
2: So, we we had a couple of scriptures that we were praying through and then the main prayer is that God would you provide for these children mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. again. Lord, would you provide for these children. Mm-hmm. And so You know, another thing that comes to mind when you talk about life power is I do believe that there, you know, the Bible talks about us entering into Christ's sufferings. Right. And so when you're when you're making the intentional decision to sacrifice for him and to believe that he is powerful enough to do what you are asking him to do, there's a supernatural thing that takes place. And so. But it's a leap of faith, right? You don't really know. (laughs) But Sunday was just such a beautiful example of. Oh my goodness! What happened? The over, yeah, the overwhelming answer. We
1: expected to take four, if not eight, weeks for all the children to be sponsored, Mm -hmm. based on the size of our church, and it was a pretty big ask. Mm -hmm. Uh, A monthly commitment, Mm -hmm. like for a long time, is a big deal, and yet, in the two morning services, Mm -hmm. every child was sponsored. Mm We got to the evening service at the table, 5 o'clock, we love you guys, and we were like, hey, sorry, we were were going to invite you into this (laughs) ministry, but you can't, because God really moved in his people on Sunday morning, it was remarkable, Maria, and we've now re-upped that partnership, Mm -hmm. their executive leadership was here two Sundays ago, Uh, and if you were here in worship, you met them on the stage at each of our three services, Maria, um, would you just finish by just what was your personal experience in fasting? Here, here's what we cannot do: we cannot um, we cannot uh, idolize fasting. Right. We we only idolize and worship the Lord our God. Mm-hmm. And so, fasting, you friends, I don't I don't want to mislead you. There are times when you fast and yeah. you may not experience anything right. crazy, different. Just you were hungry. Yeah, and and you prayed more specifically, that's an awesome outcome. It's not always uh, something, you know, stars shooting through the sky, et cetera. What was your personal experience of that 24 hours of fast?
2: I think that it was just an excellent reminder for us to make fasting a regular part of of our ministry, right? And like you said, it doesn't always have that kind of outcome, but it reminds you of the power of God that sometimes we can brush past and also it was a beautiful thing to to partner together in that way for our people Mm -hmm. and and to cover them cover them in prayer Mm
1: -hmm. um hey maria thank you for coming in today and sitting in with our friends here yeah
2: thanks for having me i
1: appreciate your spiritual leadership in our church uh and our friendship
2: yeah with you and
1: david so um Thank you, yeah. and I'm hoping that Harrison's going to provide you with some killer outro. Oh, please! Dance music. We
0: got it. Let's do it.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Maria. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Harrison.
1: Let's just finish up for a moment, Harrison. Yeah. Uh, that was super helpful, and I wanted you guys to hear that backstory of this this thing that in a good if is it okay to say it this way in a godly way. I'm just proud to be part of a church that cares for vulnerable children yeah. here in our community and around the world. And I just, in a, I hope in a godly way, was just so proud of our people's generous response that Sunday. It's pretty cool to hear the backstory.
0: That was really that, cool.
1: That our leadership was fasting and interceding with God, that people's hearts would be moved. And so those of you who were moved that day, um, that's part of what was going on. You were part of that story. Uh, let's... Let's just finish for a moment. Uh, Someone asked, uh, why not fast all the time? Mm -hmm. And you know what? There are plenty of people who choose to fast one day a week because uh, it's become as important a part of their spiritual life as being in a a small group Bible study once a week. And so there are Christians, uh, particularly monks, (laughs) uh, down through the centuries who have practiced a day of fasting per week. And just tuning their life and saying, "God, you're more more important to me than anything else," and I'm going to sh- I want to sh- signal that to myself and tune into you weekly. But most people, including myself, uh, choose to fast um, f- in particular seasons of life. And so, uh, I think the most common purposes recently are that I'm aware of in friends' lives are an adult child who's making some really bad decisions or having a, a uh, being under the thrall of addiction or mm-hmm. something else. Uh, I've known parents who chose a, a, a weekly day of fasting for an adult child for a season of life or who've chosen a, a, a several days. So um, obviously we wouldn't fast all the time because God made us to need food. Yeah. And Jesus was asked, at one point, hey, John the Baptist and his disciples, they fast all the time. They hardly eat. They just eat bugs. Remember he ate locusts in yep. the desert? They just eat bugs. How come you and your disciples, like, your feet, you eat all the time? You're eating good food. You're drinking wine. You're feasting. And Jesus' answer was, when the bridegroom is with you, you do not fast. You enjoy—his his imagery there is at the wedding feast, you're celebrating the marriage— And the bridegroom and the bride, you just feast, you're celebrating. Uh, But there will be times when I am not here, Jesus being the bridegroom, when you will be called to fast. And so we feast in much of our lives because we have Christ. As Christians, when you put your faith in Jesus, Christ is in you and you are in Christ and we live a life of feasting on his presence and feasting on all the good gifts of God and his provision to us including food. Yeah. And so that honors God when we feast in his direction.
0: I I but think there's also I think there's also part of it with just the way that our brains are wired, literally the way God made us, which is so cool. It's so cool to see even when you uh it's in Ecclesiastes, but you also you can look out the window and see it that God has Um, God has wired us in a lot of the same way that he's wired this world that he's made for us. Like we live in seasons. We, we sleep Hmm. every day. Hmm. We, we eat every day. We don't eat all the time. We don't sleep all the time. It's not winter all year round. There's spring, there's summer, Hmm. there's fall. The, the, the leaves bloom, they fall off the trees. Like there, there are, as the Bible says, for everything, there is a season Hmm. and we just, the way we've been created is that when we when we do anything all the time, it just it loses some some power to us.
1: That's insightful, Harrison, and that brings us to the fact that we're in the season of Lent. Uh, we, which we discussed last week, and it's a season. We don't do this year round either. Yep. Um, and I don't know if you've chosen a fast for Lent. Uh, mine. I told everyone Sunday I'm fasting from checking news apps on my phone, and it's about to drive me crazy. (laughs) This is Super Tuesday. I was jonesing all day long, and, like, I'll just have to watch a little news tonight on TV because I can't on my apps. It was good for me. Every time I thought about that all day, and I'm thinking about the stock market, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the coronavirus. There's a lot of things that, that I want to check on the news throughout the day, and when i'm reminded that i'm fasting from that when i reach for my phone and go to tap that app i say oh but i don't live by bread alone mm-hmm. i don't live by the enjoyment of checking news alone i live by every word that comes from the mouth of god and god i want you most in my life mm-hmm. and and i'm doing that for this season and when after easter i'll enjoy checking my news apps again
0: yeah all right. Well, last, last, last thing. This is just a super grab bag, quick answer, and we'll, we'll be out of here. And it's been good hanging with you guys again. We have one more question that was just a interesting follow up from something from the teaching from our friend, Karen. And she was wondering, you mentioned fallen angels oh, when you're yeah. talking about how the, the tempter in chief was a word that you use, which was a phrase you use, which is really good. So, uh, what are fallen angels? Not something we think about necessarily all the time.
1: We're given very little information about this, so I want to be careful. But what God's Word tells us is that uh, we know of at least two uh, types of beings that God has created in this universe who are conscious. Right? There's, I mean, there's animals and insects and stuff like that but actually sentient beings who have the capability of interacting with one another and with God in an intelligible manner. Human beings and a, a race of beings called angels. The scriptures speak about them mostly factually. We're not taught a ton about them. In, a, in other words, that's just not for us to know a lot about. they they got their own thing going on with the Lord God, and as it relates to us, they, they're highest purpose is to be God's messengers or uh, sometimes caregivers or overseers, we're told. But when it comes to, let me hone in on this question, we're told in the scriptures that at some point in the distant past, before the human race was created, we don't know if it was before the earth was being formed and all that, we don't know. But at some point before human beings were created, uh, about a third, one place in the Bible says Of angels rebelled against God's uh, supremacy led by an angel who is named in one verse in the Old Testament as Lucifer the head angel or one of the chief angels decided um, I don't want to worship God I want to be my own God and I might put this in Western 20th century philosophical terms Uh, The terms of the philosopher, the German philosopher uh, Nietzsche. I have a will to power. I will not submit that will to another. Even though God is the rightful sovereign over the universe, He created all. I choose and I will to be my own will, self defined will. Interestingly, sometimes human beings choose this in an ignorance that there is a God, in a sense of, I don't know if there's a God, I don't believe that, or I don't want to believe it. Lucifer, one of the head angels, did this knowing Hmm. there is a God. But it's a a movement of self-will. And he said, I will not worship you, God. I want to be my own God with a little g. Therefore, God gives us that choice, and he gave the angels that choice. Only one time, however it is believed by most Christian theologians there was one moment for angels of this, and then their destiny is fixed. Unlike human beings, who there's generation after generation. Angels do not procreate. There's a fixed number, and they had a fixed moment, and about a third of them decided to go their own way. Thus they were, uh, the the word in the Scriptures is cast out of heaven. Uh, You could say they self-chose, to be out of heaven because heaven is where God <laughs> reigns in full. And one day that's going to be all of reality. The second to last chapter of Revelation talks about Satan or Lucifer and his angels, his fallen angels, will be cast into a pit of fire where they will be destroyed uh, or they will be separate from God's uh, future kingdom and, God, and the new heavens and new earth will be where only God reigns and all is in order and it will be so good for those who choose God and not self? Uh, so that's the quick story. They were cast out, and in some ways, the New Testament says that Satan was granted some kind of lordship over this planet. That's about all we can understand of that, Harrison. Yeah. Was that was that a, that's, a that's little good. bit of oh, an answer yeah. there?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and um, it's that's. That seems like a deep well, but that is a yeah, good yeah, yeah. just sip off the top of it, which is yeah. which is some really neat information. I, who asked that question? That was Karen. Karen.
1: Karen, if you really want to do a deep dive, the most profound thing written about this subject, the fall of the angels, is Saint Augustine, considered the greatest theologian of Western Christianity, writing in the the three and fo- the four hundreds, and in his his greatest work is called. Um, Oh, I just lost the title. But it's about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. There's a chapter on the fall of the angels that I can remember where I was sitting on my back screened-in porch when I read this chapter. It was a summer about a decade ago. I felt lifted up. I felt like I was almost having a heavenly vision just reading St. Augustine's treatment of this topic. It was beautiful. It was sublime, insightful, uh, so I point you to that chapter in case you really want to take it further.
0: Very good. Um, I think that will that will about wrap us up for today. I will say as a um, as a child of the 80s and 90s, I would like to thank you for redeeming the phrase "extra life power from me initially thinking about Mario Brothers because would <laughs> that would as I was listening on Sunday, that is kind of initially uh, where my brain went. So now now I have some extra meaning. To Extra Life Power.
1: Harrison, if you had just told me that ahead of time, we would have had the little power bar on <laughs> yeah. the screen going up because then, then it would have been locked into each of our life yeah, memory. Yeah,
0: it, it would have been, but, you know, missed, <laughs> missed opportunities. Um, but uh, we thank you guys once again. Please, uh, please keep the questions coming, and we'll be back with you guys next week uh, with Pastor Jeff sitting down and talking with us a little bit. So we look forward to that, and... I think that's all we got.
1: That's all we got. Thank you, Harrison. Now for the outro.
0: We out. Cue the outro music. Let's go.